Hi, I'm Brett Robinson. Welcome to the Redeeming Hope Podcast, where we share biblical truths that'll give you real hope. What is real hope? It's a hope that is relevant, energizing, authentic, and linked to Jesus. All right, so today I want to speak about following Jesus. It seems to be one of those foundational messages that we uh, hear about when we first come to know the Lord. And I'd like to read a passage of Scripture for you as we uh, look at this topic. So if you have your Bibles with you, you can open to Matthew chapter 4, and I'm going to read from verse 18 to 24 in the NIV. It reads, As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a line into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, and the paralyzed, and he healed them. So a beautiful picture that's painted of the life of Jesus as he's just setting out and launching his public ministry and uh, how as he begins it, he goes out and he starts calling everyday ordinary people like you and me to follow him on a great journey of adventure. Not just an, a, a journey of learning, but a journey of adventure. And he used those words, come follow me. Of course, Jesus today is still speaking those same words through us, his church, to others out in the world. And in fact, the call is still equally as valid to you and I as believers as well. Every day there's an invitation for us to follow Jesus. But what does this mean? Well, firstly, I think we need to say we can't understand this phrase by the current trends of the world. In social media, you can follow someone, and then if they do something you don't like, you can just as easily unfollow them. <laughs> Let's look at a couple of things that it doesn't mean. Well, Jesus didn't invite his disciples to be entertained on his roadshow. He didn't invite them to be an audience or a renter crowd. He didn't invite them to become members of a new heavenly loyalty program. He didn't invite them to go on a tour bus of Israel to see all the sights. He didn't invite them to be investors into the ultimate retirement scheme with eternal benefits. He didn't invite them to become members of his Walk for Life fitness club 
Come and join. We'll walk from town to town. At first you may only be able to walk two kilometers. Then you'll walk five, then ten. Don't worry. Before you know it, you'll be walking 25 kilometers a day with me. Walk for life with Jesus. <laughs> he didn't invite them to become soldiers in his army to bring down Rome. That one may seem funny to us, but actually that was something that they, some of them really expected. In fact, they grappled with, they couldn't understand. Jesus, when are you going to sort Rome out and establish heaven here on earth? He didn't invite them to become religious critics. Now, that's something that, um, you know, we may think religious critics, but let's put that in today's context. Well, today, you know, there's some people who make a living out of being movie critics. You know, I just go to a movie and I think, oh, it's a great movie, I enjoyed this, I didn't enjoy that. Some people make a living out of making their opinions known for all the world to see and, you know, read or the video critics, you know, telling everyone what the movie did wrong. Some people make a living out of being restaurant critics. <laughs> I'll come to your restaurant, I'll eat your food and I'll tell everyone, you know, all about it. Some people in the church think they're meant to be religious critics though. I'll go to your church, I'll check out your worship, I'll listen to the pastor, and then I'll tell everyone how you missed it. That's actually not what Jesus invited us to do. He didn't invite us all to become critics. <laughs> he didn't invite his disciples to join a master class to become better versions of themselves. <laughs> Let's look at it in a different way. Being a follower by modern standards versus being a disciple by Jesus' standards. Well, by modern standards, a follower can tag along at a convenient distance, listen when it suits them, and perhaps cherry-pick the best parts of Jesus' sermons, the highlights. A follower can balance obedience with comfort. Well, that sounds great, that sounds encouraging, if I did that, I'd feel quite uncomfortable. I don't think I'm ready for that. I'll just stick that one on the shelf. Maybe at some point in the future, you know, I'll listen to that. I'll take that up. However, a disciple doesn't stand far off. He is right there with Jesus, close enough to hear his whisper and see the twinkle in his eyes. A disciple's goal is not to only hear Jesus' voice, but to listen and obey. A disciple is quick to rejoice in the words of encouragement and comfort, but also to work through the difficult teachings and seek to understand. A disciple's primary goal is to bring honor to Jesus, even at the expense of personal time, money, and comfort. I hope you are seeing some of the contrast between being a follower as we understand it today, by being a disciple, which is what Jesus called out to Peter, James, and John, the rest of them, to become. You know, I follow a number of people on Instagram. I'm sure most of you listening have got Instagram or Facebook accounts. Some things that I follow are interesting to me, but I have no intention of ever doing some of the things that these guys do. For example, I think it's fascinating to watch some people who free dive with sharks. It's incredible. No nets, no cages, they jump out, they swim, massive big, you know, 10 foot tiger shark swims along, they take it by the nose, stroke it, push it down, you know, everything looks hunky-dory and amazing. 
What a friendly little guy. Would I love to do it? Well, maybe a little bit. Am I going to jump into the water with that big tiger shark? Very likely not. My family are going, actually, not very likely. You're not going to do it. <laughs> you know, I like to follow some people who do this amazing um, 3D modeling, and um, they make all sorts of interesting things. Yeah, it's, it's amazing to watch the, the things that they dream up and how they put the things together and what they create. Am I about to go buy one of those things and start doing it? No, but it's really interesting. But we can easily fall into this trap as believers. We read the Bible, we listen to a sermon, we go to church. Oh, that's really interesting. Kind of curious. You know, I'm a little bit encouraged by that. But are we really going to do it? Are we really committed? Well, that's a good question. And it's a question that we seek to answer today as we seek to understand what Jesus really meant when he said, come follow me. You see, the purpose of discipleship can be summed up in one word, transformation. In Matthew 4.19, in the Passion Translation, it says it like this, Jesus called out to them and said, come follow me and I will transform you. I will transform you. That is the purpose of answering the call of Jesus, transformation. There's another message in there, which maybe you should keep for another time. But he says, I will transform you into men. That's a message that the world needs to hear. Boys being called to become men, men standing up to become men of God. And of course, the message applies equally to women as well. God calls us to step into our, our true identities in him. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, it talks about transformation. And in the Passion Translation, it says, Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His eyes. Something that struck me as I read that passage was that Inward transformation leads to outward transformation. I don't know if you caught that in this passage, but there's like a progression that happens. Once we get our eyes off the world in this passage, and we embrace inward transformation by the power of the Holy Spirit, what happens? Well, we begin to live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in the eyes of God. The next thing that caught my attention from this passage was that Transformation will empower us to live and love and thrive. It says, this will empower you to discern God's will as you look to live a beautiful life. So transformation empowers us. The next thing that caught my attention from this passage was that the beautiful life, as it puts it, starts with knowing the will of God. It says, this will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life. So inward transformation leads to being able to discern and understand and know God's will, which leads to a beautiful life, a fulfilled life, a life of love, a life where we thrive. But as the passage points out, 
There is a choice laid before us. There is a choice as to where we put our focus. And my encouragement is for you for, and for me as well is let's not be a disciple of news media, social media, Hollywood or Bollywood. <laughs> Rather choose to be a disciple of Jesus. I'd like to continue talking about transformation. And the first point I'd like to say about it is that transformation comes from training. Inspiration is the spark that creates motivation and the drive to act. However, training creates momentum, builds endurance, makes us strong and develops skills. Inspiration is the light bulb moment when the idea is conceived. Training takes the idea from concept into reality. Here's the problem we all have to face up to. Inspiration looks attractive, desirable, everyone wants it, and as humans we are willing to pay a high price to get it. However, training looks like a lot of hard work, and far fewer people are lining up to pay the price. <laughs> The reward of inspiration can be temporary. The reward of training is long-lasting. And of course, the ideal combination is inspiration and training together. I'd like to tell you a little funny personal story about uh, inspiration versus uh, training. So many years ago, when I was in high school, um, I was very athletic, I did a number of sports, and uh, I had been doing a cross country and then um, we, we had to decide what sports we were going to do for the year and I thought, hey, you know, this year I think I'll do athletics. So when I was weighing up the various distances that were on offer on the track, I thought, ah, man, I don't think I'm going to go for sprints. I know I'm, that's not my strength. Um, I like the idea of doing a longer distance because I've done cross country. I enjoy jogging in my spare time as a way of staying fit. But I didn't want to run a long way. So I thought, well, instead of going a very short distance like 100 meters or a really long distance track event, I'll settle with something in between and I'll do the 800 meters. Now, 800 meters is twice around the track. So I arrived for practice as I surveyed my competition in the school that I was a part of. I looked around, I thought, you know, I've got a good chance of possibly being the best runner yet. But there was a problem. My problem was a friend of mine called Miles. Miles was at least about a foot shorter than me, which was surely a large disadvantage for Miles. I had much longer legs. A much bigger stride. Surely I'd be able to run further, longer, faster, have more endurance. It might even require less effort for me to do so. The problem is while I had inspiration, Miles had training. I didn't know that. But Miles had been training the 800 meter determinedly and with devotion and with dedication for a number of years. Guess what happened? We lined up on the starting line. I thought this was like a medium distant event. So I started out running like I did for cross country. Miles shot off the line like his pants were on fire. <laughs> so I did the obvious thing and I chased Miles as hard as I could and as fast as I could. And for a while I thought I might catch him. 
things were looking pretty good for me as we rounded the first 400 meters. But guess what happened? Miles had endurance that came from season after season of training. You see, endurance is developed on the track and over time. You can't, inspiration will get you to the starting line, but training will get you to the finish line. I just came up with that right now, by the way. I was actually quite impressed. Thank you, Lord. I don't know if I can claim ownership of that one. <laughs> Let me ask the question here. How many biblical concepts are you waiting on to become a reality in your life? You and I need to get off our proverbial rear ends and commit to daily training with Jesus and stop waiting on inspiration. Do you know that you can find inspiration as you train, as you get onto the track of life? Instead of waiting for inspiration, just find out what Jesus says and start doing it. And when we start waiting on him and we start actually doing what he says to do, we'll find the inspiration along the way as well. <laughs> Some of you are like, oh, I don't know if I like the sermon, Brett. I'm like, I'm, I might just unfollow you after this. <laughs> If, if you're not impressed so far, you're really not going to like this one. Okay, I warned you. Minimal commitment equals minimal results, minimal development, minimal growth, minimal influence, and minimal authority. However, passion and dedication leads to the best results, rich development, dynamic growth in the level of our skills, knowledge, influence, and authority. I like to think of training as passion and dedication rolled up together in one. Do you want to live a life of significance? I'm sure your answer would be yes. Well, then you and I have to wholeheartedly commit to walking with Jesus. Commit to his training and his coaching. So where does training start? Well, training always starts with listening. Why? Because we need to be totally tuned in to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Do you know that every successful sports person has a coach? Do you have a coach perhaps that you remember, maybe from the days of your youth, or maybe you're still young and you have a sport that you love? If you think back, can you still hear some of the things that he or she would say to you when you were being coached? You probably can. What's the difference between a teacher and a coach? Well, a teacher is happy for you to sit, listen, and take notes. A coach wants you to get off your rear end and take action. <laughs> we have to combine action with our faith. Every day we've got to seek to put into practice what Jesus has told us to do. We have to put our focus on the Word of God and ask the question, Jesus, what are you saying to me today? We have to intentionally listen for Jesus' voice. And guess what? That is part of our training. We need the coaching of the Holy Spirit throughout the day. And if we invite the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, as I go through this day, I invite you to speak to me, to lead me, to guide me, to stop me, to caution me, to encourage me, to comfort me. I'm going to be listening for your, your voice. And then when he speaks to you, take note of it. 
Write it down. Record it so that you can remember. Because transformation only happens when we combine listening with faithful action. A sequence of faithful action is training for reigning. Why? Because when we commit to consistently apply God's word in our lives, we begin to walk in increasing levels of our God-given authority. Someone once said, plan your work and work your plan. <laughs> All training has a timeline, a schedule, goals and strategy. And in order for us to grow and be effective as believers, we need to pay attention to God's plan. Jeremiah 29, 11, God said, I know the plans I have for you, plans to give you hope. It's another whole sermon, which I'd love to preach sometime, but you know that if you look at the word hope, and if you study it out throughout scripture, not just a simple di dictionary definition, but hope means to see. If you don't have a vision for your future, you won't have hope. As soon as you have a God-given vision of your future, hope is going to rise in your heart. We have to know the plans that God has for us. The next point is training hard and smart doesn't matter if you're not training with your heart. <laughs> Some of you are like, oh, yeah, okay, not, not a bad rhyme. Yeah, it took time to come up with guys. You know, really? <laughs> training hard and smart doesn't matter if you're not training with your heart. Proverbs 3 verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Psalms 51 verse 10 says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Psalm 9 verse 1 says, I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart i will tell of your wonderful deeds so we need to apply our heart not just our head to the call of jesus to follow him each and every day and when we're following jesus with all of our hearts then our heads line up we will seek him we will hear him and we'll find the inspiration to be able to take action and to grow in the lord amen, amen. Next point is, although we are in the world, we are not of the world. Why do I say that? Well, as we follow Jesus, as I just said, we are training for reigning. We are king's kids, sons and daughters of God Most High. It's worth mentioning because the world has many other ideas, ideals and ideas and morals and ethics and values that it tries to push onto us as believers with a great deal of pressure to conform to their way of thinking. Well, we're not training to please the world. We're training to, ple to please our coach, Jesus. We're training as king's kids. We're training for reigning. Ephesians 2 verse 6 says, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. We have to seek to please our master, Jesus Christ. So we're in the world, but we're not of the world. We don't have to seek the world's approval or endorsement. Our approval comes from Jesus. And we're going to end on this last point. 
at some point, anyone who's embarked on any level of training for any period of time begins to have doubts. I'm not sure if I can do this. This is harder than I thought. Like me with the 800, all of a sudden realize this is going to take a lot of hard work to get around that last 400 meters a lot faster than I did the first 400 meters. I thought that old Miles was going to slack off in the second 400. Surprise, surprise. All of a sudden, come the last 200 meters, he kicked into high gear and he sped up. And there's some point for all of us with our training when we go, this is harder than I thought. I'm not sure if I can do this. And if you've ever had those thoughts, I want to encourage you with these scriptures. Ephesians 2 verse 5 says, We have been made alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace that you have been saved. Don't self-sabotage your journey of training and growth and development with God. Don't get trapped in self-doubt and a sense of failure. Be encouraged by how God sees you. In Ephesians 1 verse 7 and 8 it says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. Sometimes I've heard believers say things like, well, I know that I was saved by grace, but, you know, I've done a lot of things wrong since then. And now I feel guilty. I feel like I'm to blame. Because surely I should know better, I should do better, and it's easy to sink into a place of self-pity. They kind of feel like God saved them up into the point of salvation, but after that point, because we should know better and do better, and because they've missed it, they begin to doubt whether they can go the distance. But that's not what this passage says. It says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace. God's grace empowers us to go the distance. God saved your past, your present, and your future when you came to know him. You thought that God was maybe just saving you from your past. <laughs> God is saving you in the entirety of your life, past, present, and future. I would like to say to you, do you know that God has a selective memory? You might think, Brett, that sounds rather insulting, maybe even a little bit condescending. How could you say that about God? Don't you reverence or respect him? Actually, all I'm doing is coming into agreement with what God says about himself. <laughs> Do you know that many times we can be harder on ourselves than what God is on us? God exercises a selective memory about us. When God looks at us, he doesn't choose to continually bring up before him all the ways in which you have missed it, the sins you've committed, when he has forgiven those things already. When he looks at us, he sees the stamp that says paid in full. Paid full with the blood of Jesus. He sees us as redeemed. We need to learn to forget the sins that God has forgiven. Allow the shame and condemnation to be left in the past. 
to be erased by the redeeming blood of Jesus. And we get to choose how we view our life. And my encouragement is that we should choose to continually develop and to share a testimony of God's goodness and God's faithfulness. Because when we make that our focus, we will continually find inspiration to follow Jesus and to continue as we need to grow and develop in our walk with Him. Thanks for tuning in. I pray that the message of God's Word will build your faith and develop a hope that is so strong it's like an anchor for your soul. Go ahead and subscribe and why not share the message with a friend?